global business news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. Global stocks are, well, they're a little changed to lower now. A slump in Chinese exports were dragging metals lower and brought equities to a five-day winning streak, brought that winning streak to a halt. Right now, the DAX in Germany, though, is little changed. The CAC in Paris is down a tenth of a percent, and the FT100 is down two-tenths percent. S&P E-mini futures are down six points. Dow E-mini futures down 37, and NASDAQ E-mini futures are down about 14. And your Treasury up 16, 30 seconds. They yield 1.84. Nymex crude oil up nine tenths percent or thirty five cents to thirty eight twenty four a barrel. Comex gold is up seven tenths percent or eight dollars sixty cents to twelve seventy two seventy an ounce. The euro's at a dollar ten nineteen. The yen one thirteen point oh nine. Sanofi and Merck planning to end a two decade long joint venture to sell vaccines in Europe as revenue from the products dwindles. Small business optimism declining in February, according to the National Federation of Independent Business. The organization's monthly small business optimism. Optimism index fell to 92.9 last month compared to 93.9 in January. And Dick's Sporting Goods down almost 5% in early trading after posting disappointing fourth quarter results and providing a forecast for the current year that trailed analyst estimates. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Tom and Mike. Uh, Karen, uh, thanks so much. It is 848 on Wall Street. The following is from Bloomberg View. Opinions and commentary from Bloomberg columnists. I'm Justin Fox, a columnist for Bloomberg View. Wouldn't it be fun to work at a company where nobody is the boss? For lots of people, apparently not. Online shoe retailer Zappos fell off of Fortune Magazine's 100 Best Companies to Work For list last week after switching over to a hierarchy-free management system called Holacracy. And digital publisher Medium announced Friday that it has decided to ditch Holacracy because, quote, the system had begun to exert a small but persistent tax on our effectiveness, unquote. In Holacracy, employees inhabit roles that give them full responsibility for some slice of what an organization does. There's a process for resolving conflicts and a framework for meetings to keep things moving along. What there aren't supposed to be are managers or hierarchies. It all sounds very democratic, except that it's the bosses, such as Zappos CEO Tony Shea, who usually push their companies to adopt holacracy. And it's the rank and file who complain and resist. Why is that? Well, maybe it's because being a boss is hard. There are lots of tough decisions and often little credit. Really, who'd want to do that? I'm Justin Fox, a columnist for Bloomberg View. For more Bloomberg opinion and commentary, please go to BloombergView.com or ViewGo on the Bloomberg Terminal. This has been Bloomberg View. And Bloomberg View commentary, it can be heard hourly weekdays on Bloomberg Radio. March 16th, an important date. Michael, bring us up to speed on where we stand with our good guest. Federal Open Market Committee holds its next meeting. And at one point, people were fairly convinced it was going to be the next uh, date for a rate increase in the United States. Now, Looks like that's off the table from what we're hearing from Fed officials. But uh, Mark Zandi from Moody's Analytics, he's the chief economist there. Let me ask you this. In December, the Fed put out its uh, survey of economic uh, projections, what they suggested was going to happen to the economy by the fourth quarter of this year. Growth of about 2%, unemployment rate of uh, 4.7%, and inflation, uh, core inflation of 1.6%. Uh, well, we got inflation above that number. Uh, unemployment is just above 4.7% uh, and 4.9%, and uh, we've got growth of about 2%. So, uh, first of all, those who said the Fed was crazy in 
making those forecasts don't seem to be correct. Uh, what about those who say the Fed should not be raising rates? Well, I, I think they'll pause in at this uh, upcoming meeting just because of the turmoil in financial markets uh, since the beginning of the year, and they'll want to see what the fallout on the economy of that has been. I mean, it looks like the fallout, at least from the data, is very modest. Can't, can't really see it, but it's still too early to conclude that there won't be some impact. So I think they'll wait. But you know, uh, by the June meeting, uh, I think they'll have all the evidence they need that uh, it's, it's time to raise uh, rates and continue to normalize policy. The the economy is still creating lots of jobs, unemployment still declining, and inflation is uh, you know actual inflation has uh, actually picked, has picked up and as one point as you said 1.7 percent, which isn't too far away from their target. So I think we'll, we're in for a series of rate hikes late this year, going into 2017. Well, if that's the case, then doesn't the market have a heart attack over that idea? Yeah, they have some adjust, adjustment to do. Uh, yeah, because the markets, last I looked, they're pricing in maybe one rate hike this year, one and a half. Uh, I would expect three and a series next year. So, yeah, I think the markets will have to adjust. And there will be more volatility in financial markets. I, I think uh, what we seen so far this year is, is going to continue on. It's something we'll have to get used but to. doesn't that then – pose a conundrum for the Fed. They don't want to raise rates now because of volatility, which means they have to raise rates more later, which will cause volatility. Doesn't that then cause them to pause? We must be talking to Mark Zandi to have a question like that. (laughs) No, because I don't think, as we will see, that it's going to have a major impact on the economy. You know, markets go up, down, all around, sideways. And, uh, you know, uh, at the end of the day, uh, we're still creating 200,000 jobs per month. The economy's moving forward. So, uh, you know, the financial turmoil is very uncomfortable, you know, particularly for people on Wall Street who are observing this and, you know, wealthy individuals watching their their screen. But, you know, for most Americans, I think it's, a, you know, right. a sideshow. Mark, we call the screen a Bloomberg terminal. You're supposed to oh, yeah, say I'm sorry. that. I mean, I'm sorry. On. Yeah, I, I should have thought, yeah, you know, and I'm well versed with that Bloomberg terminal, as you know, Tom. Uh, but, <laughs> but guys like you know where the unemployment rate is. You mentioned the U6 earlier. We're at an extraordinary point. I did a chart yesterday showing how rare sub 4.0% unemployment is. Jonathan tweets out to us this morning, Dr. Zandi, and he says, Dr. Zandi is ignoring the fact that most new jobs are minimum wage. And secondly, <coughs> excuse me, over 90 million people have quit looking for a job. Give us an update on this real belief in America that most of the new jobs aren't, quote, unquote, full-time good jobs. Help us yeah, with that. Yeah, that's just, you know, I, I'm, I'm perplexed by that. It's just wrong. Uh, I mean, when you create 200,000 jobs per month, and, again, that's we've been doing that plus, you create all kinds of jobs. Uh, yes, low-paying, retail, leisure, hospitality, but construction jobs, we're creating lots of them. They're, they're all middle-paying. Uh, you know, K-12 through education jobs, lots of those. They're middle-paying. And a lot of high-paying jobs in professional services, is, services, healthcare. So it's all, all okay. above. Is the distinction the perceived or expected mobility among those groups that a lot of America thinks they can't advance or their kids can't advance to that better place. Yeah, I'm on board with that. I think that's exactly right. And that goes to the angst that were being expressed politically going back to our the Father Coughlin discussion. I think that's exactly right. But I would make I, I would suggest that as the economy tightens and in a year from now our problem isn't going to be unemployment. It's going to be a lack of labor 
And at that point, we're going to see wage growth pick up for folks at all parts of the income distribution. It's a long time in coming, and we should be doing a lot of things to address this issue uh, from a policy perspective. But the economy is going to be in a right in a, in a good enough place that everyone, more people, are going to benefit, even those at the bottom part of the income distribution. Well, that's the argument that Stanley Fisher was making yesterday that the uh, Phillips curve isn't broken; it's just slow. No, it's alive and well. It's very obvious. It's very clear. You can look at you know, wage growth across industry relative to the strength of those industries. You can see it. You can look at it regionally, look at which parts of the country are doing well and not, and you can see it in wage growth. You can see it internationally. The Phillips curve works. It has, has always worked and it is working now, and we'll, we'll see it. it. You know, it's already happening. Well, in, the, in that case, uh, by the end of the year, and this, uh, we'll, we'll come full circle on Father Coughlin, when it comes time for people to vote, what are they going to be thinking about the economy? The, second Tuesday in November? Well, you know, I, I do think that people uh, will, uh, I think in general, uh, that the establishment, the, the, the political middle will hold. Uh, I'd be surprised. That's what happened in the 30s in the Depression when we had Father Coughlin. I think that's what's going to happen this go around. But, you know, uh, it, it, I'm sure it's going to be a close election no matter who's running. Mm-hmm. But uh, a year or two from now, I think the, the economy and the political environment and backdrop will will be very different. Dr. Zandi, thank you so much. Mark Zandi, Woody's analytic, and he has been a resilient optimist on the American uh, economic <laughs> experiment. Mike, I think it's fascinating. You know, you talk about, of course, with, with Nancy Reagan dying, you talk about the, uh, the arch ring and concept of mourning in America. When we have people talking about a new mourning in America, the mail just lights up. Yeah, the I it, you know, I don't have an opinion, folks. I do, but I don't let it out. The mail just lights up. That's a fact. That's a fact. Well, um, there are a lot of people who don't feel that we're there yet. Yeah, and, also, um, which explains the politics. Yeah, there is. I mean, politics is pretty ugly. But I think Mark may be right, and there's an awful lot of weight to the political system. And to upend yeah. it totally. I mean, we saw. Remember, remember um, uh, back in 1992 when Ross Perot was yeah. leading in the polls at one point, and he was a non-factor by the end. So let yeah. us see what happens. We got to get down the road. We thank uh, uh, Brett Bear and uh, Chuck Todd for their perspective as well. Of course, a lot of this. What we do, economics, finance, investment, international relations, filtering in to your weekend reading and your political consideration as we move through the election cycle. I'm Bloomberg Radio. We do that. I'm really proud of what we do starting 11 a.m. Sunday morning and going through Sunday afternoon where you can hear the political dialogue of this nation with good people like Fox News Sunday and Meet the Press. From New York, this is Bloomberg Radio.